Hello friends and welcome to a momentous Monday episode of the Kings of Anglia podcast. I am Mark Heath, your host most of the time. And if, if you're listening to this, you probably already know that last night we officially called for Paul Lambert to be sacked as Ipswich Town boss. When I say we, obviously I'm, I'm talking there about the East Anglian Daily Times and Ipswich Star. It's the first time, uh, I say it's the first time, it's only been happened once before in the 147 year history of the East Anglian Daily Times that um, that stance has been taken. Um, so today we're going to talk about that, break it down, uh, what we all think about it, why we've done it and what happens next. Um, in addition to the, the three usual kings, I'm delighted to say we have a special guest king, emperor, you might want to call him, um, the editor of the East Anglian Daily Times and Ipswich Star, Brad Jones, is with us, the man who took that decision. Brad, how are you? I like that. I like that introduction. The emperor, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, good to be here. Excellent. Thanks for joining us. I know you're a very busy and important man, um, running both newspapers today uh, and obviously uh, fielding calls from, from Radio Suffolk, the BBC and ITV as well in, in light of what happened last night. Um, I want to start, Brad, just by by talking about why now. Um, I think we first had this conversation or started this conversation back before Christmas uh, was when we first talked about it. Um, and then obviously there was that that, that COVID-enforced break. Um, town came back and lost to, to Swindon in uh, in very depressing fashion. Uh, scraped to win at Burton. And then obviously um, they lost at home to Peterborough on Saturday. So in the background, obviously, there's been a lot of calls from fans saying um, that we should we should join them and call for Lambert to go. Uh, we've spoken before on this pod a lot about the timing of that, um, not wanting it to be a knee-jerk reaction. Obviously, when, when we do something like this, it's something we don't take lightly at all. It, it's, it's literally part of history. That front page of the Anglian this morning is something that we'll, we'll see probably for the next 10, 15, 20 years even. Um, so as the editor, ultimately, that, that decision rests with you and is in your hands. Can you just sort of talk a little bit about why now, why you, why you decided to, to, to make that call now? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, you're right to say that the I think the first time this really became a conversation in, you know, between us was in December, wasn't it? Yeah. But, you know, at that point, it was not, I honestly didn't feel like it was a serious conversation. We we Things were not that bad. We were, you know, still in the playoffs. Um, and there'd been, there'd been some some poor form a few few bad results it was the start certainly of of this this run of form which has picked up so <clears throat> it obviously went quiet the team didn't play for say, three or four weeks and then the Swindon game happened and uh and suddenly it became a really big talking point now, I didn't feel after that Swindon game, I, I, I know we had a long conversation. I had a long conversation with, with Stu on that on that Sunday morning. I didn't feel the time was right then. Um, the, the, it, was, it was the first game back after the, the break, the enforced break. Uh, COVID had gone through the, the squad. Uh, the manager himself had been ill. Mm. Uh, quite badly ill and we were playing next weekend it was a terrible result but it didn't the timing didn't feel right to me we held our nerve um and we and we we continued with what i feel has been the hallmark of of our football coverage last well really last five five years longer than that intelligent challenging measured approach that i think is our that's what we do that's what we should do um as you say we to win against burton and you know it gave you know it wasn't convincing gave us a little bit of little bit of hope but then saturday um to to lose at home to peterborough it's that horrible cycle, isn't it, of false hope followed by failure. How many times have we been here in the last two years? Where are the green shoots? Where is the real feeling that progress is being made? 
the fans do not. I firmly believe the fans do not feel that now. Mm. We do not feel that now. The fans cannot have their say in the ground at the moment. We've got. A, we have a real responsibility to 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 be a be a platform for the fans as well. Of mm. course, as you, again, you rightly said, uh, we we listen to the fans. You know, we've listened. There's been a lot of. Um, there's been a lot of talk on social over the last few weeks, hasn't there? Particularly on Twitter, about calling for us to take action. We we did this at the time we felt was right for for, for us, where we were confident in the decision, mm. and that really came on Saturday night. We we all spoke on Saturday evening. Uh, I think we were all convinced we we're all in the, in the same place. Uh, I called the club to say. What, we, what our position was going to be because frankly we've, we've actually we've got quite a good relationship with the club um, I felt it was the right thing to do to tell them what we were going to do out of courtesy um, and and then I started writing the comment piece and working on some front pages and mm. that's how it all unfolded mm. so I want to bring the other boys in um the other kings, uh, Stewie, first of all, who, who is joining us on a day off while solo parenting, Stu. So I appreciate your efforts there. Um, just want to talk a little bit about about the decision and the timing and, and and your thoughts on it. Yeah, I think the first thing I want to say is that we take no pleasure in this at all. If anyone thinks we're kind of reveling in this, and that you know the media loves to sharpen the knives and jump in at the first opportunity, it certainly couldn't be further from the truth. It's going to make for a pretty awkward situation going forward for for me particularly because I'm the one that has to deal with with Paul face to face after games. Um, whether whether he'll whether whether we'll still be invited to take part in those those press conferences, I, I don't know. Um, as you can imagine, it's got it's gone down poorly with with Paul. We're told behind the scenes, um, which is completely understandable. So it's a big call for us to make because we, we've made this decision with the knowledge that it's not going to make any difference, certainly not in the in the short term. Um, so I hope people recognise that this is quite a, a bold thing for us to do. We're doing this because we feel in these strange times now more than ever that we need to provide a platform and a voice for, for the frustration and We've really carefully weighed up how much the sort of social media noise is reflective of the wider fan base. There's definitely a debate that it's not always it, that sometimes you can get swayed by a, a shouty, silent minority. But you know, we honestly now do feel with the, with the number of emails I got a, received a number of emails after, straight after the game on Saturday night. Um, anecdotally speaking to people, I think if you got together a however many people in a room Ipswich fans you'd be struggling to find much support for Paul at the moment so we had to take our our platform very seriously and use that to be that voice that the fans simply don't have at the moment it's gonna uh, it's gonna make things very awkward for us going forwards but um we've done what we we think is the the right thing mm, absolutely ultimately it's it's what we think is right and when the timing was right and that's all come together now Sorry, Mark, just to add is that, you know, with, with time, we've talked a lot about timing um, and it would have been very easy. It would have been the easy thing for us to do to kind of kick the can down the road a little bit. I think um, we, we kept looking at moments and we've obviously got the Sunderland game now tomorrow night. We could have thought, well, we'll wait till that game's gone and maybe we'll just wait for crew as well. And and then be in that sort of position where maybe that we we get a sense behind the scenes that Marcus's mood is shifting and maybe Paul is more on on the the edge of things. But that that's an easy thing to do to do it with the knowledge that you're doing it because he's halfway out the door anyway. That's easy. What we're doing now is hard because we know that he's got the backing of Marcus. Mm. Um, if we'd have waited and waited, we'd have been guilty of doing exactly what we're leveling at Marcus and that's kind of kicking the can down the road and waiting until it's too late and if if we're telling Marcus act now before this season slips away we couldn't be guilty of doing the same thing and kind of waiting 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 so we'll see how all this pans out now 
Mm. If we just come back to you, Brad, um, is there something you want to say? I, I wanted to, to ask you. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 yeah. I mean, I just, I just wanted to to echo really what Stu said there. I I found it incredibly uncomfortable putting a front page together, calling for somebody to lose their job. Yeah. Um, to say I agonised over that would would probably be a bit of an understatement. Um, because it's, you know, we, we, as Stu says, we take that responsibility we have and the platforms that we have and the brand of the EADT and the star very seriously, Mm. but it felt like the time has come to make that call. Um, you know, and we will take the the consequences of that. Um, the time again on the timing, the, there is still a lot there are a lot of games to be played this season this season there is still there is still plenty of life in it and we felt like this this the way it's been going in the last two months the form is is utterly terrible uh the performances have not have not been good at all but there is time to turn it around there is there is still a chance to save the season um, and this season, it's critical, isn't it, that we mm. get promotion mm. because okay. of the because of the because of the added pressure of the salary cap next season. Um, it's a it's a really really important time for the football club, and and that's and that's why we've we've felt we've had to take very very reluctantly and with a very heavy heart we've had to take this decision. Mm. I was going to ask you, Brad. Although obviously um, on social media, which isn't always you know the best the best um, gauge, if you like, of of mood. But um, it, it, what we've done has been met with with almost overwhelming support. There have been though people who've been in touch and said, you know, I don't. This is not what I expect from you. You shouldn't be you shouldn't be doing this. That's not what um, papers should be doing. You should just be reporting on what's happening. You shouldn't be getting involved in the debate about the manager's future. Is there anything that you would you would say to those people, Brad, as, as the editor of the paper? Well, I think sometimes we we just have to lead, and I think we have to um, we have to stick out we have to stick out a and we have to make a call on something that that we're really passionately about. Um, I get it. I get the I get the people um, people not agree with the timing. People might not have done this at all, but. We've thought about. I cannot stress that enough. We thought about this really long and hard. Mm. We have not done this lightly. Um, we did not want to do it, but this is how serious we think it is. Mm. Mm. Um, moving on now. Obviously, the club have, have issued a statement in response. As you say, Brad, you contacted them on Saturday. Um, they released a statement to us last night, which I'm going to read in full because it's it's quite short. And then I'm going to come to to you, Hotchi, for your thoughts on this. Um, Town say, while we are very disappointed that the Anglian and Ipswich Star has taken this stance, we fully understand the frustrations of supporters with recent results. The performances and results of the opening stages of the season have not been mirrored over the last two months or so, and the manager, staff and players are fully aware that there needs to be an improvement if we are to achieve the goal of promotion back to the Championship this year. Owner Marcus Evans has recently reiterated his support for the manager, and with players now coming back from injury and the recent addition of Josh Harrop and Luke Thomas to add competition to the squad, he and everyone at the club remains fully behind the management and players in the challenge ahead. We are two points off the playoffs with games in hand on nearly all the clubs above us. And we've not yet reached the halfway point in the season. There's a lot of football to be played yet. 75 points up for grabs in what is a very challenging season on many fronts. So yes, we understand the frustrations of the local newspaper. And yes, we understand the frustrations of the supporters, the manager, his staff and the players are frustrated as well, but they're determined to turn those frustrations into celebrations, Hutchie. Turn those frustrations into celebrations. What did you make of the uh, the club response, Andy? Uh, I'm not entirely convinced by the last line of that. <laughs> if I'm if I'm honest, it 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 sounds. I don't know. I, it's an interesting one. I don't, and I think there were some long hard thoughts within the club over to whether to respond to this at all. Um, mm. Clearly, they clearly it's something they're going to be talking about significantly behind the scenes. But publicly, there was thought over whether or not they should do that. I think there was a feeling, perhaps, that Jim Magilton didn't get as much of a public backing as they maybe, in hindsight, wish they'd 
they'd given him after after what happened a decade or, or so ago. Um, but I think it's probably the response if there was going to be a response that we that we maybe expected from from the club in terms of reiterating that Paul Paul has their support. Um, of course, they're of course they're disappointed by our decision our decision to do this. Um, I think just just beyond that is kind of the the response we were maybe maybe expecting from them. Do you say that mm. that is fair? Yeah, I think so. That a, a silence could be interpreted a certain way, couldn't it? If you say nothing, it's almost like you know. Well, maybe, maybe the club think that's too. Maybe something is happening. So, yeah. If if I was on the other side of the coin at the club, that's probably the route I would have gone down. I know, like you say, that last line maybe sounds a little bit cheesy, but um, the rest of it is, you know. I, I, you know, they've acknowledged the frustrations and they've reiterated their position and at least everyone, hopefully everyone appreciates the sort of the transparency of, of this whole process, both in terms of what we're saying here and and like it or not, what the club's saying in response. At least everyone kind of knows where they stand at this juncture. Mm. Ross, if I can come to you, you're, you obviously have... Um... You, you host a game day fan podcast every week. You speak to fans a lot post-game. Um, what are your thoughts on us making this move and, and what's the feedback been like from from the fans you've spoken to? I think I think the timing was was perfect. Um, you know, it's been called for a couple of weeks and, you know, um, you know, we all get tagged in Twitter, you know, posts and stuff saying it's time, it's time, where's the headline? Um, I felt it was the right time after that dreadful, dreadful game. Um, and, you know, I'm in group chats with different fans and, you know, they've been wanting Lamb out since since December, even, mm. even then, you know. Um, and they, they all thought it was a good timing as well. Um, there'll be, you know, a few fans that probably think it's probably not our place to do that. But I think, I think it's good timing. And, yeah, the, the statement by the club... I'm not going to comment on that because uh, that's, uh, that's that's stupid. But anyway. <laughs> okay. Uh, I just want to finish um, going back to you, Brad. Obviously, um, we, we've taken this 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 stance. It's the, only the second time it's ever happened. Before with Magilton, um, he left pretty quickly after that. Uh, this is different in that this case, we're not expecting anything to happen imminently with Paul Lambert. Obviously, Marcus has backed him again there in that statement and last month as well. So for you, where do we go from here? What's What's next? Well, I think I think now we we continue. Stu, Andy will continue that um, thoughtful, um, measured uh, reporting and analysis that they do. Um, it's a, I, I, honestly, I think this is a week for the football club. I think the next couple of games are huge um, and might go quite a long way to to sort of deciding what's going to happen the rest of this season. Mm. Um, we, it, our relationship with the club, well, that's going to be a bit bumpy for a while. Let's see what happens tomorrow night. But we, this, this is our position. We'll, we'll keep this position. Of course, we cannot rule out the fact that Paul Lambert could turn this around. The, it doesn't look that likely at the moment. All the evidence point, points in the other direction. But it and and when I when I was making this decision, I've obviously thought about that a lot. And and I said in our editorial, if if we're proved wrong here, well, delighted going to face, and I'll probably um, I'll probably uh, making a front page apology to uh, to Mr. Lambert. Um, but uh, I I still I feel confident in the decision at the moment, and. Um, and uh, this will be our position from here on in. Okay, just, can I, just... can, sorry, I was just going to jump in that in terms of it, it's reminded me of the sort of the power of our brands. And there's a lot of people that sort of, you know, we all, we all hear about how sort of the challenges that local media has and how people aren't buying newspapers in the way they have. But I think this is a really nice reminder to us how people kind of still look to us as t to lead the way with things. You know, that's, that's really set the editorial agenda today. Suddenly, Brad will be on ITV and BBC and on the radio, and um, you know, TWTD has suddenly sort of jumped jumped on the back of this and said, "Oh yeah, we we think Lambert should go too," but have kind of waited for everyone's kind of waited for us to kind of 
go first. There's been a lot of wait, waiting for us to go first. And hopefully that's a kind of reminder of, well, well, probably a big part of the reason a lot of us all got into journalism really was to kind of have that voice, especially in, in regional local journalism to kind of represent our our communities. And that ultimately is what, what this is all about, is trying to represent our readers and the, and and give them a voice, especially in these in these tough times. Mm. Yeah, as I Absolutely. said earlier. Come on, Brad. Sorry, I was just I was just going to jump in. Yeah, and that, that's I, I agree with that completely. And and that, and actually, with another reason we we're doing this, the football club. You know, we 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 love the football club, but the football club's really important, not only to Ipswich but to the rest of the county as well. And um, we that's why we are we are desperate for it to succeed. Um, and we we sell more newspapers. We more people read our stories when the football club is doing well. So, so it's we don't want to be in this situation, but this is why we've had to make the call. Mm. Sue, so you used a wonderful turn of phrase in in your verdict yesterday, um, referencing the kind of concept that um, town could turn things around and could do this and could do that. And you said something along the lines of the word "could" is doing a lot of heavy lifting in that in that uh, in that respect um what do you think happens next realistically i mean obviously you say obviously things are going to be frosty now with with you and lambert starting tomorrow you'd imagine but where can you see this going from here i just think that debate about you know pinning the hopes on a couple of new signings mick mills said it um i wasn't aware of what mick mills had said on the radio actually until we'd kind of made this decision but it was really nice hearing what he'd said on the radio because i think it backs up what we've we've kind of said that the club needs to feel a bit of pressure this isn't a reaction to losing 1-0 at home to peterborough i've mm. seen a lot of peterborough fans saying oh this is classic sort of big club syndrome and you know you, you there's no divine right to success and I've seen them play a lot worse than Saturday. They actually had decent spells on on the front foot. But as Mick said in in the bit, how low has the bar got now in terms of going, that was okay because they they started all right. And there were some okay performances in there. And it just feels like the sort of the standard, the bar has just dropped in terms of what we expect and what's good. Mm. And that was kind of backed up by sort of Paul. When Paul comes out and says it's a really good game and a really good performance, you think, Wow, is this really where we're at? And you know, nobody's expecting Ipswich to. I'm certainly not. You know, all that hundred goals, hundred points, League One tour, all of that. I was always very uncomfortable with all of that. And it's you know, you have to earn the right. And just because it's Ipswich, who did quite, you know, who had a glorious pass in the 70s and 80s, it doesn't mean anything now in 2021 where Ipswich are at. And and that there is a reality about that, and and we are aware of that, but come on, I, I still think we need to expect more. You know, the, the stats that we've included in all those pieces are, quite frankly, horrific. You know, it's it's a culmination of 18 months, two years now. Paul's had several lives. You know, they've gone, they've gone down finishing bottom um, when he had an awful lot of time to turn things around. He got a free pass there because of the PR and the sense that they were building a, a brand of football. Then last season, the chopping, the changing, the, the the way it tailed off, 25 points from 25 games, that's relegation form, point a game, a sustained relegation form when they finished 11th. And it's happening all over again after a decent start from a fairly kind fixture list, let's be honest, it's tailing off exactly the same again. So it's all very well saying that the players are coming back from injuries. A lot of those players were available last season. Um, and to pin all our hopes on a couple of loan signings, who there's some there's some fairly sizable fitness doubts hanging over Josh Harrop's head. I mean, it's, um, yeah, a lot of ifs, buts and maybes in there. And it's, um, you know, how long can we keep sort of, we keep talking about an excuse co- culture at the club. Uh, you know, how long can we keep sort of coming up with the excuses? There has to come a point where this is this is this is not good enough, and that's that's how we feel about it. Mm. Okay, well there you go. I mean, one of the big ideas, basically, that the guiding principle of this podcast has always been offering you, the listener, a peek behind the scenes into the the way we think, what life is like covering the club, little tidbits of information that we get. So hopefully, there that's been an interesting listen for you, Brad. Thanks very much for joining us. As I say, you're a very busy and important man, especially today. Is there anything you you want to add before you before you take your leave? 
I don't think so. I, I just think uh, I've, I just want to say um, publicly, I think Stu and Andy have done a first class job um, in a very difficult time um, in the last. Well, it's, let's be honest, it's more than the last few months, isn't it? It's it's really going back, <laughs> going back several years now. Um, that kind of approach we will continue to take the 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 level-headed balanced um approach that that we think um fans uh really kind of want and need so um i think you two guys are doing a great job and uh could be an interesting week <laughs> yeah interesting night tomorrow certainly Th- thanks very much for joining yeah. us brad we'll let, we'll let you go cheers thank you um stewie you're obviously solo parenting at the moment. Do you are you going to be able to uh, to hang around, or do you want to go? I'll on hang for... around for. I'll hang around a little bit longer. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll let sort of Andy take over the, the reins. But um, yeah, the, the other thing is, you know, where we go from here. If people think we're going to be sort of repeating this on the front page and the back page day after day after day going forwards, that's not going to happen. This is a bit of a a, a line drawn in the sand. Um, we've We've made our point now. The repercussions will, will happen. I'm, I know full well that now people will think that that, sh- that approach should continue day after day. And if we don't, there will be accusations of, well, club have got, got in your ear. They've obviously had a word. They've, they've, uh, you know, they've, they've got you on the leash again, which, which won't be the, the truth because I might be wrong, but I don't get the sense that we're going to get banned. So that the people will put two and two together. Well, they haven't got banned, and they and they're not calling for Lambert every day. So therefore, that, that won't. That's not going to be the case. Mm-hmm. There's no point. We, we've said what we, we've we've said here, and for me, we will carry on as Brad said, just kind of reporting very objectively about it. If they play well and they do well, and things start to turn, we will say that. If they don't, we will continue that sort of analytical objective critical look at how things are going um doesn't mean that we need to sort of splash lambert out across every single piece of content that we produce from this this point onwards we'll we'll kind of report it as we see it day to day as we have always done Mm. yeah i mean that's that's the important point isn't it hutchie well we would love to be proved wrong (laughs) we'd love absolutely we'd love town to turn this round and, and lambert to guide them you know to promotion but you know it's reached a point that you just can't see that happening um what do you reckon yeah yeah if if all of a sudden come may and ipswich town has stood in the middle of wembley stadium holding a, a playoff trophy <laughs> a paul lambert holding the playoff trophy above his head we're, there's a hell of a lot of humble pie that we, we're gonna have to eat um and and obviously supporters who want him out will have to eat that too but we'd love Nothing more, nothing more than to see that happen because success for the football club is is success for all of us. But as Brad and Stu have been saying, that these deep running themes are are 18 months old now of not the the record of of four wins in 27 against top 10 teams over two seasons. That's 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 horrific. I've spoken to other lots of other journalists that I know who cover other clubs of, of. contacted me this weekend and asked kind of why 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 have you done that what's the reasoning for it and the reason I've I've given all of them is is just that stat and asked them how many games out of 27 do you think Ipswich Town have won against top 10 teams and none of them can believe it it's 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 terrible it really is and and it's long long running and deep and deep rooted isn't it interesting that the the, the club statement now talks about being two points off the the top six when the last yeah. statement from Marcus was talking about being two points off the top two. And now it's, oh, we're, we're two points off the top six. Yeah. And Andy's just said in there, if Paul Lambert's holding the playoff trophy aloft, you know, we've almost sort of dim- dismissed top two now. Oh, that's gone. And we're, that's half a season to go still. And, we're, you know, it just shows you how the standards are kind of dwind- dwindling slowly. Mm. And, and that kind of feeds into this long-term theme of the club, doesn't it? Of just standards just slipping and slipping and, Going back to Mick Mills talking about this is this is dragging along now. This is this is deep rooted, and mm. you know we've we've said this to the club time and time again. That this isn't a reaction to losing one nil to Peterborough. This isn't a reaction to a month's worth of form. This is 
this goes back a hell of a long way. And um, it's, I don't know, it's not just all about the manager. People will say that this is, there's a bigger picture at play. There's a, there's a, a greater malaise. Mark, you've written a few times about being something wrong in the bones of the club and, the, and they're definitely it definitely feels like that and there's no guarantee that a new manager would come along and and change everything but um it just feels like that's that's the change that can have the the biggest impact at this moment in time in lieu of somebody coming and buying the club off Marcus which is not going to happen in the in the middle of a global pandemic um the manager is the one that can make the change and and this is not just about what we've seen on the pitch as well we've we've talked a lot on these podcasts about the the vibe that we're picking up behind the scenes as well um and that doesn't all feel quite right as well mick mccarthy until the bitter end one thing you could never label at him whatever the fans thought of him the players adored him they respected him they had his back um until the very bitter end do I get the sense that this is without overplaying the mutiny thing, which I think probably got exaggerated? Do I sense this is a, a, a squad that is ready to go to war for Paul Lambert at the moment to uh, to kind of shove these front pages down our throats? No, I don't. And that, my friend, is the perfect segue into moving on to Peterborough on Saturday and Luke Chambers, of course, after the game. Um, Hutchie had a very, very different view of what, what had just transpired to his manager. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Obviously, Lambert came out and said it was a, a good game, a good performance, uh, and Luke was pretty much the opposite. Yeah, you won't get anything but sort of straight from the heart honesty from Luke. Um, you, you got He's speaking, he, he, he stressed several times in it. People have watched the video interview that they did with the club. Um, I did a separate interview before that, um, which was very similar, but he did stress several times that you've got to remember I'm speaking to you 20 minutes after full time here and I'm hurt, I'm hurt, I'm disappointed, I'm frustrated, it's not good enough. The, that, for, for Luke, Luke's seen this this kind of gradual decline, hasn't he? He's 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 been there from from a side that were in the playoffs in the championship five years ago and there, there are people that will say that he's a, a big part of that, and I, and I think he would have to agree with that as well because he he has been part of a football team that has slid and slid and slid. But I, I don't think anybody can accuse him of not of not deeply caring. But it is very worrying, and and this was this was the theme of Terry Hunt Northstanders column this week. It it's very telling and and worrying. It tells you a lot of the story. I think when when you hear captain and manager on such a different page about about a performance mm. like there there are a lot of um there are a lot of senior professional footballers who would come when they know they're doing doing press after a game their first question to the media manager or or the media member of staff they're working with would be what has the manager said and then they essentially go with it reiterate yeah. it whether they believe it or not. And we all know that's happened. I know I've I've conducted interviews with people in the past who aren't saying necessarily what they really think. And people will know that they've read interviews in the past that players probably aren't saying what they really think. But that isn't Luke Chambers. Um he'll speak from the heart. But but it but it is very worrying when you when you hear two different readings of of a game and, and Paul's reaction to it. Um, I'm sure it played in played into our decision making over the weekend as well. Because just to hear to hear that reaction to something that people have seen with their own eyes, listened to on the on the radio, that was so far from from the truth, um, was was worrying, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, I mean that was like a red a red flag as well, wasn't it, Stewie? Um, Luke said something interesting in the, in that interview as well, where he, he made reference to if I get selected, which I thought was was interesting. What did you make of that? Oh, I th- perhaps we're all in danger of overreading into everything at the moment. I think that's probably him just trying to be respectful of the fact that you don't want to count your chickens. But yeah, um, I think people will now go, well, maybe they're thinking that Luke Wolfenden spoke out and he got dropped. So may- maybe he's, you know, predicting the same. And um, I've had several people in the club stress to me that Luke Wolfenden was was dropped purely for uh, performance reasons. And we've we've discussed on here that, Luke Wolfenden has been nowhere. I know he's 
he's one of our own, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And um, but his performances had dropped below the standards that we'd seen of, of last season. So it's just, that's just indicative of the the mood that we find ourselves in at the moment. That those sort of little things are getting picked to pieces left, right, and centre, and that's that's not a great position for the, for the club to be in. But um, I, I've got no doubt that Luke Chambers will will continue to turn, churn out the games. Um, he has to. Yeah, they haven't got any other options, have they? The one they did have was, was one of the match for Fleetwood on Saturday. Um, shall we talk a little bit about the game, boys? I know I don't, without getting too too much more depressing. Ross, I want to come to you. You, um, of all the guys, I felt most sorry for on Saturday because you were sat pitch side with it snowing on you. It was absolutely freezing. The game was completely shocking. Um, just kick us off with your thoughts on the game and then obviously we can talk about it with the boys. Dreadful. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you know, do you know what? I thought town started really well, actually. I thought, you know, we're on the front foot. Um, we had most of the ball in the first 15 minutes or so. Uh, I just don't see us ever threatening. Like, poor, poor Dryden and Drizzy, you know. He just, he is, he's just so isolated up there. He just, I feel like he can't really work as a striker by himself. And, you know, once again, the, the team selection, I know Thomas has just signed, but I would, I would have started him, in my mm. opinion. Um, it's just... I just, oh, I just, I, there's no more, there's no other words to really say. I'm just, I've lost the words now because we, we, we can repeat what we've said on previous podcasts because yeah. every time I do my video after the game, I'm sure the boys, when they do their video, it's like, what else can we say that we haven't said before? And I just, it was just a dreadful game, just a dreadful game of League One football. Like, I feel so sorry for people watching that. You know, like my nan, I speak to my nan every, um, after every game on a Saturday evening and she just goes, she always goes like, what's wrong? Like, what's going on? I just, I don't know how, what to, how to explain her, you know, cause she's not, she doesn't know that much about football really. She just enjoys watching it and uh, listening mm. to it. But just, yeah. I'll let the boys talk about more in depth because they're better than that than me. It's just dreadful. Just dreadful. Hutchie, um, Ross mentions there Luke Thomas not starting. Uh, before the game, obviously, one of the most Ipswich Town things to ever happen happened with Josh Harris huh. being positive for COVID and immediately being out for 10, 10 days. So he's going to miss three games of, of the, the games that he's meant to be playing. Um, what did you make of the of the team lineup and selection? Were you surprised that Thomas didn't start? Um, uh, yeah, I was, I was surprised he didn't start, but I was even more surprised that he wasn't introduced until the 76th minute. Um, Josh Harrop found out that he had well, the club found out that Josh Harrop had COVID during the during an interview that I, myself and Brenna Woolley were conducting with him on Friday morning. Um, they found out during that interview that that, oh, he'd, that he'd managed <laughs> that he'd got COVID, um, which which was uh, which was interesting. Um, I th- I think he would have been on the bench anyway. Thomas starting, I probably would have done. But aside from that, that. The options aren't there. Drynan in attack. Um, I think it's unfair on him. I, I also think he's not... He just doesn't have... And I don't think this is a product of the system. I don't think he worries defenders anywhere near enough. He does some really neat neat little link-up play on the ball, but it's coming away from goal um, with his back to goal, 35, 40 yards from goal. Um, and it's just similar just goal threat wasn't there you could probably have predicted it wasn't going to be there before kickoff um and it just descended from a decent enough start it descended into a really bad game of football with just the basics being done wrong by both teams expected so much more from Peterborough feared so much more from Peterborough Sammy Schmodix was was really quiet Johnson Clark Harris obviously missed a missed a penalty which that game could have you worry if that had gone in, it would have got away from Ipswich. And you also you're also extremely worried because when you see Toto give away another another penalty like that, you I think we probably all can admit that we probably assumed it was game over at that point because you expected Clark Harris to score and you didn't expect Ipswich to score. It's just the same the same story, but except this time the winning goal was a 
it was a horrible kind of slice into the back of the net, really unfortunate for McGuinness. But to allow Peterborough to leave Ipswich with three points without having a shot on target is just just sums up sums up everything for me. Stu, on that note, you've been a football reporter for 15 years. You've covered town for 10 years now. This is your 10th, 10th year covering Ipswich Town. Have you ever seen a game where the side who's won haven't had a shot on goal? Um, I don't think so. No, I'm struggling to, to think of one. As Andy says, that kind of sums it up in the nutshell, really. I've seen Ipswich play a lot worse. As I've said, there were some positives to take from the game. Um, Thomas was, was lively and direct when he came on. Nolan and Sears were part of that triple sub. I thought they all helped live in Ipswich up. But again, it's it's too little, too late. It's reactive. It's it's not being able to make it count when you're on top. It's not creating enough chances. It's just these fine margin games continually go against Ipswich time and time again. When have they... I was trying to. When's the last time Ipswich won a big game, a big occasion when you felt like the stakes are high? You're going back to probably the Fleetwood away game. I was trying to think what's Paul Lambert's biggest result in charge of Ipswich Town, and it probably is that Fleetwood away game, and that's back in October 2019. Now I know they've they've had big spells without football during that time, but it's just yeah, it's, yeah every time they're on tv it's it's a, you know all of these sort of so-called bigger occasions they just always seem to fall flat and it's um i don't know peterborough on a it, that was peterborough on a on a bad day and ipswich still couldn't take advantage did they you're talking could did they really deserve a draw yeah it was a game that probably deserved a nil nil scoreline but peterborough still missed a penalty peterborough still had a a good chance at the end as well um yeah, it's just, it's just where Ipswich are at, isn't it? And they sort of contrive to lose these sort of games time and time again. Mm. It's the same old cycle that we've been seeing year on year for God knows how long. Endemic, as I say, the, the kind of the feeling of just there's something rotten somewhere at, at the club, the acceptance of mediocrity, you know, the culture of losing. It's just very frustrating. And, of course, obviously Sunderland tomorrow night, technically still a promotion rival. Um, they're up to seventh now. Town obviously down to ninth. They won at the weekend. Sunderland, in many ways, similar to the town, a League One big boy who have obviously had their struggles, sacked a manager. Um, can we? How are you feeling ahead of Sunderland, Stewie? Um, I've got no idea which way this will go. Sunderland have been are, are very unpredictable at the moment. They've um, They've obviously changed manager. It's a very different type of manager now. Phil Parkinson, very pragmatic. Um, Lee Johnson is now trying to completely change the footballing philosophy. I think they've been pretty up and down with with their results. Um, but has anyone got any real confidence going into Ipswich games at the moment? Certainly games of this magnitude. It's on Sky. <laughs> and we all know what... Uh, what happens when Ipswich are on, on telly. Um, it just feels, to me, if, if we'll get we'll skip to the prediction bit from my behalf, it just feels like Ipswich will probably have spells in the game, but ultimately come up short without having a goal threat. And, you know, it'll probably be a, a one-niller type of game. That's just how, that's the sense I get for Ipswich going into all these games at the moment. It's, it's impossible to shake that. Hutchie, Sunderland, what what can what can what can Town do to change things to 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 make things start to turn? Do you want me to try? Am I trying to convince myself or you? Um, <laughs> it's, it's, what what do you want from me, Mark? What do you want from me? Um, well, you, uh, you spoke to Luke Thomas this morning. He's going to start tomorrow, isn't well, he? Surely, I, I think he has to. Um, he spoke about potentially him and Guion Edwards causing havoc as a pair of wingers and I like the sound of that Two two front foot players who like to get on the ball, run at a man um, most likely playing kind of coming in on their, on their wrong foot. Um, so I like that. Um, maybe just maybe we're not going to know anything ahead of this game, but maybe, maybe James Norwood might be available. Uh, maybe Caden Jackson might be available. And if they are, I think they'll come into the side to start, which you think would offer a bit more of a, a goal threat. But 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 like Stu said, it's it's impossible. It's impossible to go into these games feeling anything different than the the, the weight of evidence and the, the the sheer amount of evidence is kind of overwhelming that 
we should really know how these games go. Um, well, you, talking about the, the the sort of predictability of these sort of games now, I didn't realise Andy told me this, that the odds changed dramatically last week because... Um, Massively, it was. Peterborough were, what, 2-1 to one to win? Best and, part of 2-1. Uh, and there was such a flurry of bets, which I think came from sort of Ipswich fans saying... There was even comments along, oh, I'd, you know, we'd be better off spending my tenner on betting on Peterborough than I would paying for iFollow. And uh, I think the odds tumbled to, to evens, didn't they, um, by the time just, the game started? Just about, just about even money, Peterborough were. And that was t- really quite a tangible sign of, of how how predictable it feels and, and how how pessimistic fans must feel going into these games. It's up to the team now to and the manager to to start proving an awful lot of people wrong. And like, like we said earlier, when Brad was on, we'd absolutely love them to, to come away with a three nil win against Sunderland tomorrow night and to start, to start proving people wrong a little bit. Um, but it's hard to, Oh, I can't see it though. I just can't. I'm trying you asked me to try and find a roadmap to a win and I'm really struggling. I'm really struggling. Um, what was it? Uh, who was it that said uh, it was Einstein, wasn't it? Yeah, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing again and again and expecting different results. And it feels a little bit like that with town at the moment. Um, Hutchie, did you ask Luke Thomas the really important question this morning, which was, "What the hell did he have in his pockets for that signing picture?" I know, I know what was in his pockets. I didn't yes. ask him. Peek behind the curtain. It's, uh, it's what he put on Twitter. What I put on Twitter. Do you see the little picture of what it was? What chewing tobacco? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. A, a football player chewing tobacco? I think Alan Lee was uh, was a chewing tobacco man, wasn't he? Wouldn't Back surprise me. Wow. That's like a, a baseball It's all thing. the rage. I, I tell you where it is all the rage. The sport of Speedway. Is it? They absolutely love it. Like You know, they, you know, they all ride off in Sweden and, and things like that. Apparently, it's massive in Sweden called Snus. And like the the riders that go off and ride in Sweden would come back having done that on a Tuesday night, and then they'd have like massive stocks of it, and they'd be dealing it out to all the other other riders. It's more common with athletes than you'd think. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. It's a big thing in baseball, isn't it? They uh, they they Is chew, yeah sunflower seeds and chewing tobacco, and they they goss everywhere, and uh, <laughs> it, it, it's pretty it's pretty unpleasant. I'm just surprised that an athlete um, would would be doing that. Uh, Interesting. Anyway, that, that was obviously the important question. So I'm, I'm pleased we got an answer. I, to that. I didn't, I didn't ask that question. I must be fair. That's, uh, that's sources. A, a peek into Luke's pockets. So, sources at work. <laughs> yeah, he seems like a confident young man, though. He's backed himself by coming here to, um, to Ipswich. I, I, he was really pushing for that loan move away. Sunderland were in for him as well um, earlier in in this process. So. Um, They'll be looking at him. I'm sure they'll know all about him um, and how to play him because they tried to sign him. Mm. So um, it'll be in- interesting to see how he gets on. I can't. I can't imagine that he won't be starting this game. Um, Is he going to be up against our old friend Concussion? <laughs> the, yeah, uh, yeah. Is Denver Hume fit and available? I'm going to look that up quickly. I'm just having cause... a look now. He didn't look like he played in the last game. Oh, that's a shame. Is he out? Denver Hume, of course, if for those that didn't listen to the podcast after the uh, the Sunderland game at the Stadium Alight, was uh, was nicknamed Concussion by Luke Chambers after uh, he felt he went down a little bit too too easy. The uh, faking a head injury, I think, was the um, yeah was the accusation from the skipper. So, um, but yeah, maybe like playing at the moment, he hasn't he hasn't played for a little while. Looks like maybe he maybe he has a concussion. <laughs> <laughs> the irony ross you're the uh, you're the light amongst the shade frequently on this pod um can you offer any kind of positivity ahead of uh, tomorrow how i bet you're looking forward aren't you to getting on that frozen sideline again tomorrow night 7 45 p.m kickoff which is the right fucker for our deadlines what what, what do you make of the uh, the game tomorrow rossi oh uh it's on sky yippee <laughs> always, always good on sky um, we broke the curse, of course, against Wigan uh, at the beginning of the season, but then lost against Swindon on Sky as well. But uh, you know, I like what you know Thomas has said about you know him and Guion causing havoc. Um, but 
we need to actually get the ball to him because the amount of times Chambers lost possession or you know passed to the wrong player, I just they need to get the ball. Um, I, I I just don't see this game being any good entertainment. Once again, it makes <laughs> it worse for people who normally don't watch the game that often because I'm sure people haven't bought iFollow. So if they've got Sky Sports, they may go, oh, you know what, I may watch Town. That's on Sky, you know why not? And they'll probably switch off after half an hour and go, what the hell is that rubbish? Um, but anyway, he said light. Um, I had a nice courgette omelette this morning. It was very nice. So Yeah, the courgette so, yeah. omelette for breakfast. That's how yes. you roll. That's how you roll. Yes. Boys, have we got anything else you, you want to talk about? Um, Stu, you've obviously got to get back to solo parenting. You've left your daughter alone with a, with a bowl of sweets. So I'd imagine she's going to be bouncing off the walls. Um, anything you want to contribute before we head off? She's doing some cosmic yoga at the moment. On, in front of YouTube, which I'll I'll go and join in with uh, shortly. I'm so glad um, to hear that, Stu. I'm uh, we're we're cosmic yoga fans here. With uh, what's her name, Claire? I don't know her name. Yeah. What, on earth, what on earth is cosmic yoga? Cos- cosmic kids yoga, mate. You get involved. It's like children's themed yoga. It's brilliant. There's is she doing the frozen ones, Stu? That's yeah, we've we, done that. Yeah, yeah, we do we do that a lot. Stu, um, you, so, Stu, you famously have the, all the flexibility of a wooden board. So, uh, are you yeah. are you enjoying the yoga? The world's tightest hamstrings. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, it's needed. Um, coming back to the game, what do I want to add about that? I think they'll they'll probably be he'll probably make a few changes. Um, we've he's, we've heard from Stuart Taylor about them sort of maybe planning a bit of squad rotation for this Saturday Tuesday schedule now. Um, we talked about the subs making an impact. I'm sure Thomas will start. I can see Nolan coming into the team. Um, we talked in the last pod about where does Nolan fit into this. Paul Lambert has proven time and time again that when Nolan's fit, he, he finds a way to get him into the team. I thought Dazelle has showed signs of um, dropping off. We, I've, I've kind of been his biggest cheerleader this season and waxed lyrical about Andre Dazelle, but it's a big ask for him to continually play that sort of holding role um, especially in a team that's maybe struggling for a little bit of form, it's fine when when Ipswich were playing well at the start of the season. But you know he was he was the one that was maybe a little bit slow to close down in the Swindon game, and I think some of his passings just started to go awry a little bit. So whether, whether Nolan will, will come in for him, whether it will be for someone else, I don't know. I just in terms of finding the positives, I could pro- I could I could probably come up with a scenario where a few weeks down the line it starts to get a bit better for Ipswich. But at the moment, even if Norwood or Jackson suddenly reappears in the team. Do I think they're going to be bang at it? 100% no. I think Downs is still a few games away from being that kind of robust destroyer that that midfield is lacking at the moment. Can I keep, Can you see Ipswich keeping a clean sheet? I think McGuinness has got... I like McGuinness. I think he's a, he is that old school defender who wants to head and kick everything, but there is a lapse in there, I think, with him. Toto, we've seen, is liable to. He can he can have really brilliant games like he did at Burton, but there's always, as we said, there's always a fear that there's just that one rush of blood to the head moment, a penalty. The penalty evidence is stacking up against him there. So there's just too many question marks still hanging over Ipswich going into this game, and um, draw would be my most optimistic prediction that I could give you. And how are you feeling about meeting Mr. Lambert after the game tomorrow? Uh, not not overjoyed by the thought of it. I'm not <laughs> someone who particularly, hopefully people who listen to this realise that I'm not someone who kind of revels in confrontation. Um, there are some in this industry that seem to kind of thrive on that. that that's not me. Um, so I don't ever look forward to those sort of confrontational ones, but you have to do it. You have to, that's part of the job. Um, yeah, I don't even know if he'll want to speak to us yet. Um, if he doesn't, I don't know who he's going to be speaking to because uh, there's not many left, to be quite honest. It's uh, as it was, it was, it was Brenner from Brenner Woolley from the radio, uh, myself, Phil Ham from TWTD, who's obviously not been doing it for, for a few months now. And then you might have one or two kind of freelancers knocking about, possibly. Obviously, there'll be Sky there, so we'll do his Sky interviews. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see. It is what it is. Um, there are 
there are worse things that people have to do in their jobs than than asking a few questions to someone that they've uh, that they've upset or offended. So we'll see how it goes. Whatever happens, can we just get an indication of whether he's going to speak to you or not um, early doors? Because as I say, 7.45pm kickoff, most inconvenient for our deadlines. So we'll, we'll need to know early doors. Hutchie, any, anything else to mention? Um, no, I've, I'm considering or, ordering something great for lunch. And I don't know what to what to get. I've got no food in the house and I can't leave because there's currently a man well, not, and COVID dis, uh, restrictions. But there is also currently a man in our roof fixing a hole um in it so i can't leave the house and just leave him up there um so any suggestions well boys i had something tremendous at the weekend um i i, I don't have either of you or any of you down as master chef viewers but um obviously being huge foodies in in the heath household we watch it religiously um the girl from berry called hannah gregory got to the quarterfinals uh in on a recent series and she in this in this lockdown is offering her own bespoke menus and she's going around the world. She's done a lot of traveling. It's called Wanda Sups, should you want to get involved, particularly look on Instagram. And at the weekend, we had one of her Vietnamese menus, which is basically she does all the cooking. You just heat it up at home. It was absolutely brilliant. So we're already booked in for the Thai menu that she's doing this weekend, which sounds even better. Lots of very spicy food. So um, if you're in the, the region, the vicinity of Berry uh, this weekend, very much get involved with that's with, not going to help me now is it that's well I, yeah, but... what, what i asked you is monday lunchtime 12 34 need it now make yourself a uh, roast mate not got the ingredients for a roast <laughs> doing the chop tonight can't leave now man in roof and what you've done is you've you've suggested a a classy chef from Barry St edmunds delivering me something i don't think it's going to get here in the next hour <laughs> i can't not, see it it's not it's not mate it's not thanks, gonna... thanks but no thanks it Apologies. sounds lovely it sounds lovely though can you whip yourself up a courgette omelette like Roscoe would? I have got half a courgette actually and two eggs. I might, I might have to. <laughs> right, go for I, it. I think you should get the like the filthiest kebab that you can find. Maybe try and find somewhere that's got like maybe one star hygiene <laughs> delivery, um, and just yeah, just get some slop in a in a tray sent to your door by a man on a on a moped. That's some, what you need to be doing. Absolute filth. That could not be more in contrast to Mark's suggestion, could it? Uh, <laughs> we Unbelievable. We different drinks for different needs. We're a broad church on Kings of Anglia. We cater, we cater for everyone. Um, uh, Rossi, sorry, sorry no, I've got no more football chat. That was it. No more football chat. Rossi, anything else to mention? I've um, Today, I've had my first delivery from Adam, the chef at Ipswich Town. Oh, so business. You've, he's sold you on Instagram, hasn't he? He sold me, honestly. I, I oh, just so, it looks so nice. Just explain what that is, Rossi, for people who don't know. Uh, so he does his own like prep business, loads of different meals, basically eating like a professional footballer, if you want to sort of say that. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So how, uh, who is this then? This is the Ipswich Town the head, chef. Yeah, the head chef of Ipswich Town. Of course, at the moment, he's not able to... I don't know if he's able to like cook for the players no, at the moment. he's oddly. I believe he's furloughed. Yeah. So, what's his name? How do people get hold of it if they want to follow? So he's, um, Adam, <laughs> Adam Goodrum, um, and he is on Instagram as AMC Prep. Um, so yeah, if you want to, basically, what? he puts a menu out every Tuesday of different things. Um, let me quickly get up what I've got. So I've got a braised flank steak, ah. a nice um, chili salmon, and I've got some alumi as well. Some what? So, Halloumi. Oh, halloumi. I thought you said halloumi. (laughs) Amazing. So you are dining well. You've got the beard of a professional footballer as well. Fantastic. Boys, um, obviously, it's been been a tough old pod today. It's been an interesting pod. Um, Hopefully, we finished on a a light note after some very heavy discussions to begin with. Um, As I say, the, the concept of this pod has always been peek behind the curtain. And hopefully, we've brought that to you today. We've talked about why... We've done what we've done in terms of calling for Paul Lambert to uh, to be sacked. And we've also revealed, most importantly, what Luke Thomas had in his trousers when he signed for town. That, my friends, is what you get from the Kings of Anglia podcast. Um, enjoy the rest of your week. Hopefully, town will start to turn things around and, and prove us wrong, make us look like mugs, not for the first time tomorrow at Sunderland. But I wouldn't hold your breath. Um, we'll speak to you again later on this week. to football, Brexit to postal. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.
Classroom Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.